patterns, permutations, time, rhythm, coordination, meter, concentration, tempo, modulation, groove. Welcome to the Drum Mantra Podcast. This is Rich Stitzel, and it's time to go deeper with your practice. What's up, everybody? Rich here. Welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast, episode 16. I'm excited about this one today because the reason I wanted to make a podcast in the first place, this was several months ago, I just kept thinking it sure would be nice to have some way to be able to listen and think about drumming and drum exercises while I was driving or while I was, you know, sitting and not able to be at the drum set, but I had my earbuds and could just listen like if I was on a train or commuting or whatever. So I just thought that it would be really cool. So what I'm doing today is a little experiment. And for those of you who have my first book, The Foundational Series, what we're going to do is I'm going to actually play in its entirety the play along that goes with page one of the book. The play alongs that were created for the book to me are a very important way to navigate through the exercises in the book because they were designed to support what happens in each of the exercises. So if you don't have the foundational series book, I would like to share this first page of exercises with you for free because I think it's important for you to see the material, hear the exercise, play along, and do it yourself. So I'm going to give you a link to the first page of the foundational series book if you don't have the book, and you can download that PDF, and then you can practice along to the audio track that I'm about to play. The link is at richstitzelmusic.com forward slash pages forward slash FS1. F as in foundational, S as in series, and then the number one, richstitzelmusic.com forward slash pages forward slash FS1. That will give you a link to download the PDF for the page that we're about to practice. So here's the deal. There are a couple different ways to approach this book. The first way is, first of all, it's a technique book. It's a book that's going to work on your hands. It's going to work on your coordination. It's going to work on your concept of time. It's basically a a pulse played in one of the feet, and it's a quarter note pulse, and it is accent permutations across a field of 16th notes. The book is in three different time signatures, 4-4, four, 3-4, four, four, and 5-4. Uh, the first page of exercises, however, are in 4-4. Four, four. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. There are eight exercises on page 1, foundational series 1A. It's page 30 in the book. The way that you have approach this particular page is kind of like a meditation. You will play exercise 1A eight times in a row and then go to exercise 1B, play that eight times, 1C, 1D, 1E, 1F, 1G, 1H. Each of those measures is performed eight times before going to the next. As soon as you finish your eighth repetition of 1H, which is the last exercise on the page, you go back to 1A and you do all of them again four times each. And then you go back and do all of them again two times each. Then go back, do all of them again one time each, and then you do all of them again one more time each. 
So you do not stop for the entire duration. In the beginning, when I invented these exercises, I did it because I kind of thought it would be fun to have these intense exercises to zone out on. So I would play them and just kind of zone out. Now, the, the, the foundational series book is the entry to all of the polymetric coordination craziness that comes eventually. Uh, actually, it comes in the primary series for the first time. So, uh, But getting your foundation is super important to really understand how subdivisions work. So I invented this stuff to to sort of zone out, just you know, have some kind of different drumming experience. But then I realized that zoning out is a bad idea. It's kind of like meditation. When you're meditating, as soon as you zone out, you're not meditating anymore because there's a pretty good chance that your your mind is back to being very active and, you know, once you start to follow a, a stream of thought, you're no longer in meditation mode. You know, the whole point of meditation is to sit quietly, allow the thoughts to arise in your mind, and then let them go on their way without being attached to them. Um, and it's very difficult. If you haven't ever tried it, it's an extremely challenging uh, discipline to get through. Musicians, I think, have a little bit of an edge, and uh, high-performance athletes, I think, also have an edge. Anyone that, like, especially athletes, because if you if you start to let your mind wander, it could be it could be a life or death situation. I mean, if you're a if you're a rock climber and you are trying to climb the face of a mountain and you're not using any ropes or anything, and you're daydreaming, you're in big trouble. So focus and concentration are a a big part of meditation. And to do that, you have to have the discipline to realize that you're thinking and then let the thought go. Realize you're thinking, let the thought go. Realize you're thinking, let the thought go. Realize you're thinking, let the thought go. It's a constant awareness practice. The same is true with the drum mantra. If you just zone out and play the exercises, it doesn't really do you any good. You might get some muscle memory out of it, but the deeper, deeper understanding of what's happening is not there. So that is why the repetitions are exact. Eight times each, four times each, two times each, one time each, one time each, and then the then the play along ends. It's about a six minute long exercise. Like I said, page one is the very beginning of this adventure, and it's pretty doable. If you can play sixteenth notes on a snare drum or a practice pad and understand how to do accents on the downbeats, on the E's, on the ands, on the uhs, so that would be one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a the E's would be this. One E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. The ands, one E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. The us, one E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. And then you play all the eighth notes. One E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. And then you play the es and the us. One E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. And then one G, you play beats two and four. One E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. And one H, you play beat three. One E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. So each of those gets played eight times, four times, two times, one time, one time. All right, so let's go ahead and do this exercise. Foundational series 1A, you will hear eight clicks, and then you're in. You'll notice that I did put a little bit of drum in there, because if you're on a practice pad, at least you can hear the drums. It's kind of a virtual reality version of practicing. So if you have headphones and you need to be quiet, you can do this on pads. You'll still hear the drums, and um, you'll also notice that there's an instrument that kind of doubles the accent patterns, um, so that kind of helps reinforce where you are in the play-along. Good luck. Um, 
it should be pretty pretty self-explanatory. Hopefully you can keep up and keep track. And I will be back to talk to you when the play-along is over. Here we go.
how'd it go? Hopefully you made it through the experience of the foundational series 1A, first page of exercises in the book. Now, there are many, many more exercises in this book, and I know that the primary series book is just about out, and you may want to jump straight to that book. You may think you want to jump straight to that book, but if if this first page gave you any challenges at all, I highly recommend getting the foundational series book first. Or you could get both books and just make sure you start with the foundational series. The primary series starts where the foundational series ends, and that was just page one. So if that was a challenge for you, I highly recommend the foundational series book first. The next page in the book is the bass drum moves to the E the entire time, and the accent structure stays the same with the hands. The difference is the bass drum moves to the E, and etc. That happens for all permutations of the the bass drum. And that's, I'm saying bass drum, but I mean foot. So you're doing right foot. You could also do left foot. You could do both feet. And here's another dimension to the challenge. If you wanted to do this play along again, you could go back and instead of going right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, you could go left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, which totally changes which hand is playing the accents on the downbeats and on the syncopated notes. Uh, There are five stickings in this book, right, left, right, left, left, right, left, right, 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 left, 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 right, right, and then also the paradiddle sticking. So section one has five stickings. Section two has a few more stickings because we introduced the dotted note, the three-note grouping, so you can do right, left, left, or left, right, right, etc. in that section. But you can peruse the book um, on your own. I won't talk about it anymore. Um, so anyway, I hope you enjoyed that, and I would love to know if if this might be something that is cool for you because I am happy to put the play along audio into the podcast and I'll give you an opportunity to practice uh, with having access to the audio just straight from your phone or whatever device you listen to your podcast on. That way you're not having to download mp3s and use your storage in your phone or anything so please send me a message if you'd like at uh, on instagram rich stitzel music facebook rich stitzel music or you can email me rich stitzel music at gmail.com and just give me some feedback on how you like to have the audio in the podcast and and i will continue if i get some positive responses on that okay cool all right, I wanted to get to a question. The The questions are rolling in. They're starting to pile up, so I'm going to... Let me get over here to it. Yes, so I've got a list of questions here, and I think I'll just start tackling them. This question is from... Let's see, which one should we do? Here we go. This one is from Gary in the United Kingdom. Uh, Gary says, What would you say is the best way to get an internal pulse that I can trust. I'm playing on cruise ships and orchestras, and I think I play great to a click, but when it's taken away, it has a different feeling. Thanks again. Gary in United Kingdom. So I answered him a little bit um, in text, and then I'll try to talk a little bit more about it here. So I'll just read my answer that I've given so far. Um, Hey Gary, thanks for writing. I love your question and I will include a discussion on my podcast about it very soon. The bottom line is confidence and authority. 
Holding an orchestra together from the percussion section isn't necessarily your job, so time is subject to the conductor in that situation. In other words, don't worry so much that your time is weird if someone else is in control of what is happening, namely the conductor. Uh, Playing in a band is different. Once you truly feel confident in your time, you should play with authority and the confidence that you are providing correct and solid information, musically, musically speaking. So, okay, this is one that I think, I don't want to use the word plague, but I think this one challenges everybody. Time. Drummers think about time so much, and if we think about it, we start to worry about it. And when we worry about it, we lose our confidence. And one thing that I know to be true is when you play with confidence, and I'm not talking about blind confidence, like someone who uh, is fearless to do something even though they're not prepared or trained in it. I'm not talking about that type of person. I'm talking about someone who has honestly given their time to study and who is very thoughtful about and respectful with music. They understand the function, their role, etc. So I'm, I'm talking about someone who's serious, someone who has spent time with a clique, who's spent time studying and understanding the concepts of what it is that they do. When a person has that inside and they have that, that, that true dedication, the next step is to own it. And it's one of the hardest things to do. And I actually have a lot of respect for people who are nervous about owning it because that to me says that they are very conscious and very um, respectful of the people around them. They don't want to lead you astray. So there are very good aspects to being tentative. However, when we're in a playing situation, as far as I'm concerned, the drummer is the leader with how things are going to go down with the tempo, with the feel, with the energy, with the vibe, with the spirit. So I'm not saying the drummer is the leader of the band. Here's my honest thing. The singer is the leader of the band. If there's a singer in the band, you always make the singer happy because they are the ones that are have the attention put on them. And if they are happy, then they will continue to hire you. <laughs> and, you know, it, it really comes down to making good music. And that's a different that's a different topic. So playing with confidence, playing with the belief that you have done your homework and that you know what you're doing, that is a huge part of it. Coming to the table with full authority on being confident that your time is great, that you understand the songs and that you know what's going on. That's huge. You pour out some of that, the whole band is going to fall in line. And I tell you, it's a group effort. I mean, once once the band is going and once everyone's on the same page energy-wise, the time becomes organic. It becomes something that everyone shares in. And it's all about the groove at that point. So maybe the time moves around, but the groove becomes the important aspect. I mean, if you put a metronome on to Led Zeppelin or any band, before the 80s, it's go- the time's going to move all around. But the spirit of the music is there because the band is is focused on the groove. And that's what it, that's all about. Now, if you're playing a dance tune, like a pop dance thing, and the time needs to be rock solid, there's probably a good chance that you're going to have a click in your ear anyway um, because there's timing issues that have to happen with loops or even lighting or cues or any of that stuff. So... Um, if you're in a super high-end uh, kind of situation, you're going to be on a click. If you're playing like a gig at a club and you are playing that kind of song and you don't have 
a click in your ear. You just play with confidence. You play with the spirit of the song and just and just and do it. I'm going to add another dimension to this challenge because sometimes we're playing gigs and you're not on a big stage and you're not being blasted through a PA. You're in a small room and you have to be quiet, but you still have to play the songs that people want to hear. Okay, so now physics becomes um, something that you have to consider because it's one thing to slam out a pop tune with full movement, full strokes, because you can really get into the pocket when your body is is engaged on that level. But if you're having to bring it with that kind of energy, but at a third of the volume, you can you can have some um, some new challenges arise. I always I always say at the end of a of a quiet gig, like a quiet jazz gig, I'm more exhausted playing a quiet three hour jazz gig than I am playing a loud, powerful five hour pop gig. No doubt, no question, because you have to control everything so carefully when you're playing softly. And the time is more challenging because you're moving less, so the the strokes have to really count. You don't have all the time for your body to just be completely in a, a constant motion. The movements are smaller, they're lower to the drum, and so that's when the internal time is important. I would say that... I always practice with the click, always. I think that it is so important, and I love it. I mean, I just love practicing to a click because then I know if I'm if I'm on or not. Here are some ways to practice with a click that will help your time away from the click. Practice with a moving click. So I have some moving clicks programmed. Actually, um, this brings me to another point. I'm kind of meandering here, but um, the 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 app called Polynome. It's a metronome app. It's an awesome app for for metronomes and we are working on a folder for polynome that will hold a lot of the drum mantra material in it so if you own the polynome app you'll be able to access a folder um, created by joe crabtree and me joe's the uh the inventor of the app that has a bunch of the drum mantra exercises as well as some different kinds of clicks and one of the moving clicks is it's a 16 measure long phrase in 4/4. The click is on downbeats for four bars, and then the click moves to the E for four bars, it moves to the and for four bars, and then it moves to the uh for four bars. And that is a great way if you're just playing a rock groove and you're listening to that click, when the click starts to move, you will know if your time is good or not because if you're swayed by the way that that click moves, you know that you're relying too much on the downbeat of the click. That's a very telling thing. If that is the case, and if you find that your time gets weird when the click goes away from the downbeat, then the good news is you know how to fix it. So at that point, you can continue to practice with a moving click, or you can just turn a metronome on, and instead of hearing beep, 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 don't don't use any accents, just, just a sound with no accents, and you hear it as downbeats. One, two, three, four, and then just let your mind hear it, first of all, on the ands. So beep. Beep, 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 one, and two, and three, and four, and one, and two. So you're hearing the beep on the ands. Once that gets comfortable, you can move the beat to the uh, the last note of the 16th note subdivisions. One e and a two e and a three e and a four e and a. This is easier than the e's, so go to the uhs next. So it's downbeats, and then move the click to the in your mind to the ands, and let the let that be on the ands. That's the next level of challenge. The next level is the uhs. The uhs lead into the downbeat, so there's a feel to it that we're we're used to. 
we're used to a, a 16th note leading into a downbeat. So play the click on the uh and try to play a groove. If that's comfortable, finally move it to the E. One E and two E and three E and four E and. That's the hardest one for us. The E is a <clears throat> is a pretty foreign for most cultures. So that's that's a process of working with the click to solidify your time so you can um, you know have more confidence when you're uh, playing a gig without the click. Okay, I hope I answered that question. Um, I know it's long-winded, but as you'll start to learn, that's kind of my style. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Gary, in the United Kingdom. I wish you the best, and I'd love to hear how it goes if you are able to practice that way, and it changes the way that you play on your gigs. So send me a message and let me know how that works for you. All right, let's see if there's any other orders of business here before we sign off. Um, I guess I will do another plug. I'm going to be doing some plugs quite a bit until uh, the release of the Primary Series happens. But right now, until November 11th, the Primary Series book is in pre-sale, so you can buy the book 20% off on my website, richditzelmusic.com. The book is 20% off right now, and you get a $10 credit towards anything at richditzelmusic.com, which means you can basically trade that credit in for a lesson pack. Most of the lesson packs are, I think, $9.95 on the site. So um, you get the book, which has 400 exercises in it, and if you want to add in the stickings it's over 2000 variations of the exercises it's a it's a great book i've been practicing it and it's so much fun it's challenging it's cool and it will totally get you solid on the 3 4 polymeter and also the 5 4 polymeter the 5 to 4 ratio polymeter so you get 20% off the book $10 uh credit towards anything in the store um and that is good that offer is good until november 11th 1111 which just happens to be my wedding anniversary and so um jump on it if you if you're interested and again if you're if you don't have the foundational series i would recommend that one for sure as well okay well happy practicing i hope you all have a great day and i look forward to speaking with you soon take care Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.